This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Kurkowski, and this weekend the Packers play the Bengals in Cincinnati tomorrow at noon. And this is a game, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about, to say the least. The time of day you play a game can make it difficult to be up and ready to play. And the Packers this year have not had a game yet that has started at noon. Every every other game for the Packers has started at a different time, whether it was 3.30 or Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football. Um, the Packers have not been not been forced to play at noon yet, and there's just a different energy that goes into that. And I think the Packers need to be ready to come out and play right away, or they could fall behind very quickly, especially against a Bengals team that is very, I think, underrated at this point. The Cincinnati Bengals right now are 3-1, and one, and three of their four games have all been within three points or less. And their opponents so far have not been the best teams. Uh, though they lost to the bears by three and then beat the Vikings in week one Steelers in week three and the Jaguars in week four by just a field goal, which was a Thursday night football game in week three for them or week four for them. And so the Bengals right now are feeling pretty good about themselves. Even if they are playing bad competition, they're winning the games they're supposed to win and they're coming off a 10 day break to play the Packers at home. This Bengals team is led by second-year head coach Zach Taylor. Throughout this podcast, I accidentally referred to him as Zach Robinson. That's a PFF analyst. And so uh, this is Zach Taylor who I am trying to reference. And so my apologies for that. So I'm sure they are feeling very healthy and feeling very excited at this point because this is a statement game for them. Although the Bengals have had an easy schedule so far this season, technically the Bengals are the fourth highest graded team in the NFL so far this season. So if you add up the PFF grades of every player on the team, this team is the fourth best and they've played at a remarkably high level so far this season. And I think are a little underrated at this point by the rest of the NFL. But in because of that, the Packers cannot assume they will win this game. And I think this game will come down to one or two plays. And honestly, right now, it feels like things are starting to shift towards the Bengals having a good chance to actually win this game. Offensively for the Bengals, where it all starts is with second-year quarterback Joe Burrow coming off an ACL surgery that he suffered last season. We were unsure of how Burrow might perform this season, but so far he's played extremely well. Burrow is coming off back-to-back elite performances where he had a passing grade of 89.6 and 89.1 in the last two weeks of football, and he's the sixth best QB in the NFL right now, currently over the first four games of the season. Burrow has played extremely well, and the biggest reason is he has been able to attack deep down the field by having a trio of receivers now in Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. And even Odden Tate gets thrown in there every now and then, and he has played very well as well. <laughs> uh, 
these guys are winning vertically, which um, is a big change to this offense for the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, uh, Joe Burrow basically refused to throw the ball downfield because of this offensive line, because of a lack of weapons. They just really couldn't put it together. But this year, that has changed entirely, primarily because of the addition of top five pick Jamar Chase. Reconnecting the former LSU Tigers back together has been huge for this offense as Jamar Chase has had three 20-plus yard touchdowns already this season. And Chase's dot um, is over 16 yards down the field. And Chase is their go-to deep threat in this offense. Higgins is their possession type of player. He's going to win with their strength. And Tyler Board Boyd is going to beat you from the slot. If the Packers are going to stop this Bengals offense, they need to slow down this group of receivers or it's going to be a very long day for the Packers. And that might be very difficult to do because Jair Alexander is not playing in this game because of his shoulder injury, which I'm concerned could keep him out for a very long time. The Packers said he will not need surgery, but we have no idea what rehab is going to look like for him. If that keeps him out four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, we have no idea. What is important is hopefully he will be healthy by the end of the season, so he will be ready to play in the playoffs. That is what matters, okay? It's a huge bummer for this team, but the Packers can still win the NFC North without him. As, as difficult as it might be at times, they can still win the NFC North without him, and hopefully he will come back healthy for the playoffs when it does matter. Now, that injury does leave the Packers having Eric Stokes and Kevin King on the outside, starting with Chan Sullivan in the slot, and that's a little bit concerning. I mean, none of these three guys are better than any single one of these Bengals receivers, and I think it's going to be a long day defensively for the Packers because of it. This is why the addition of a Richard Sherman or a Casey Hayward would have been instrumental at a time like this when the Packers lose their number one cornerback for an extended period of time. And if you want to hear more about how the Packers really missed out on a lot of opportunities this last offseason, listen to my last podcast. I dive into it. I dive into just why it's so important to take low cost, high reward options. Okay. Uh, And if the Packers would have been the ones to do that, they would be in an extremely good place right now. Luckily for the Packers, the Bengals lack weapons in the passing game at the tight end position and running back positions as their starting tight end has only had 11 targets this season. And Joe Mixon has only had nine targets. So really needing to worry about these guys out of the backfield, out of the tight end position is not worth the time. And because of that, sitting back in zone might be the Packers' best bet in this game. A cover two look where um, Kevin King can excel because he doesn't win deep when he gets beat deep. That's what he does. And so playing a cover two with our safeties type of look could really help Kevin King succeed in this game. He can play with his eyes forward, playing forward. That is when he has played well. That is when... It has happened is when he has not been forced to play that deep quarters look or that deep cover three look. And so hopefully uh, the Packers play a lot of cover two in this game, force Joe Burrow to throw to the sidelines, try to hit the middle of the field uh, with their tight end, because I think that's where the Packers can beat uh, the Bengals in this game when it comes to their passing attack. Uh Joe Burrow this season has thrown four interceptions, and all of them have been when Joe Burrow was not blitzed. And three of them were not even when he was under pressure. Burrow, I still think, is learning NFL defenses, and I think he's just making young mistakes at the quarterback position. 
position, which is it's hard to play quarterback. I couldn't imagine ever playing quarterback. And even the best guys like Tom Brady, like the Aaron Rodgers, we've seen in the first four weeks, they are not invincible either to making mistakes. And so I think the Packers need to take advantage of this, though, and they have to trick Burrow into throwing another interception in this game by disguising their coverages very well. If there is a game where defensive coordinator Joe Barry is going to have to prove himself and really lift this defense above the players that they have right now, uh, a defense that's struggling with injuries, this has got to be that game. If Barry can scheme up a lot of zone and rotate our guys around, we might be able to get Burrow for an interception in this game, which could change everything for the Packers. So with that, the Packers are going to need to find other ways to beat the Bengals defensively in this game when it comes to their passing attack. And to do that, the Packers are going to have to pressure Joe Burrow. Just like any other quarterback, if you can pressure Burrow, he will play much worse. So the Packers have to find creative way to creative ways to put pressure on Joe Burrow while still having a disguised look behind their attempt to get after Burrow. Luckily for the Packers, this should be possible. Cincinnati does not have a very strong offensive line currently. As a unit, they are ranked 22nd in the NFL in their pass protection. Their tackles have been slightly above average in Jonah Williams at left tackle, Riley Reef at right tackle, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings we know very well. But after that, it kind of has been a mess. At guard, the combination of Jackson, Carmen, Quentin Spain, Xavier, Sua, uh, Philo have all been very bad while starting center Trey Hopkins has been the worst with a 35.8 pass blocking grade. The Packers are going to in, going to need to attack this interior offensive line and make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. And so we will need another big day from Kenny Clark, who has 15 pressures so far this season, and we will need Kingsley Kiki to build off of last week's performance where he put together an elite pass rushing performance. Uh, the one thing the Packers luckily have going for them in this game is a very poor play caller for Cincinnati and just overall head coach in Zach Robinson. Robinson has been one of the most notoriously bad play callers for continuing to rely on the running game, running the football on first and second downs more than any other team in the NFL, even with the weapons that he has at his disposal at the wide receiver position, which we talked about. Zach Robinson... Is really holding this offense back from hitting its strides, and hopefully he continues to do that on Sunday. In this game, uh, the Bengals might actually need to rely on the passing game more than normal, though, because Joe Burrow, uh, or sorry, uh, Joe Mixon did not practice all week. He's their star running back, the number two running back in the NFL right now when it comes to how successful they have been as a running back on rushing plays, and he's going to be very limited in this game on Sunday, I think. He's it sounds like he's going to play, but how much and to what uh, effect, how efficient will he actually be from not practicing all week and trying to recover from that ankle injury? And so uh, I am, I think it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how the Bengals continue to decide to run the ball with Mixon Limited with pretty bad running backs behind him, Samaj, Samaj Pirine and rookie running back Chris Evans. I would imagine... Burrow will have to throw the ball a lot in this game because of that, which is probably actually not good for the Packers. As we talked about earlier, the Bengals are at their best when they are throwing the football, but especially in a game that Jair Alexander is not playing in, it's going to be tough to stop this Bengals offense because of that. Without having Joe Mixon uh, at full strength, this offense could get very one-dimensional though, and it might allow our defensive line to really be able to go all out after Joe Burrow in this game 
without the fear of the Bengals truly efficiently running the football, which could mean our pass rush could really get the best of this weak Bengals offensive line and get a lot of pressure on Burrow in this game. And if they can do that, this might bode well for the Packers defensively. Now, let's switch gears to this Bengals defense in this game. This is a unit that has largely actually improved this season. Uh, In 2020, the Bengals had the 22nd best defense in the NFL, but now in 2021, that has totally turned around as they now are the fifth best defense in the NFL so far this season. And the thing is this defense has been so good this year, but the interesting thing is none of these guys are special big name players by any means. The Bengals kind of brought in a lot of like top 15, 20-ish players at their positions in the NFL, and now they have almost no holes on this entire defense. They have either an average player, a solid player, or a good player like at every single position uh, with veteran names who have at least played well at a time. And it's just kind of this most, it's just the most no-name defense pretty much ever. And I think it might be the way to build a defense if you can. And I think it was... Uh, a wise thing to do for the Bengals in the situation they were in with having such a bad defense last season and bringing in all these free agents to kind of try to change the entire culture of what the Bengals have done defensively for a very long time. On this defensive line, they have Sam Hubbard, who is average, Trey Hendrickson, BJ Hill, Josh Tupo, and DJ Reader, who are all good. And then Larry Ogunjobi, who has been bad. Uh, at linebacker, Logan Wilson has been good. Jermaine Pratt and Akeem Davis-Gaithers have been average. What this front seven has done very well is stop the run. The Bengals have the seventh best run defense in the NFL this season, giving up just 3.7 yards per rush attempt so far, uh, which doesn't bode well for the Packers, who are ranked 28th in the NFL in yards per rush attempt this season. What will be nice about this game for the Packers is the Bengals do not have a ferocious pass rush like other teams we have faced in recent weeks. Trey Hendrickson is really the only guy we have to worry about as he is averaging about five pressures a game so far this season. It, it's still, and the hard part is going to be, it's still unknown whether or not Elton Jenkins is going to be ready to go for this game. He's listed as questionable with that ankle injury still at this point. But one big surprise injury that I did not realize was as bad as it was is Rookie center Josh Myers will be out for this game with a finger injury. He must have really damaged it more than we thought. Um, And so that leaves a big hole up front on our offensive line. I'm not sure which direction the Packers will go with filling that hole. If Elton Jenkins can play in this game, they could either put Elton Jenkins back at left tackle, then fill in at center with Lucas Patrick or JRJ and just move Patrick to guard or... What I feel like they might do because they seem to be taking an approach of move as little guys as possible, try to have more consistency on this offensive line. Uh, That's a big deal right now, it feels like, to the Packers and move as little guys around because of that. So if they do feel like Elton Jenkins will be able to play in this game, I think they would put Jenkins at center and then keep everyone else in the same spot. Jenkins played center throughout college, and last year he had to play five games at center as well with Corey Lindsley out, and in those five games, he was solid most of the time. But obviously, if Elton Jenkins is not ready to go for this game quite yet, the Packers will probably have to put either Lucas Patrick at center, like I said, or move JRJ to center and Patrick to guard. So the Packers really have to watch out for Trey Hendrickson 
like I said earlier, going against up against Josh Nijman in this game. He's a more powerful type of player, defensive end, than uh, Nijman has faced so far in the last two weeks. And then in our interior, with this new uh, setup, we have to be careful because defensive lineman DJ Reader is having a very good season so far at defensive tackle, sometimes taking snaps at the nose tackle position as well. So we cannot let him get tons of pressure on this new and young interior offensive line this week with Myers out. The Packers should be able to open up their offensive offense a little bit more this week, even with the injuries though, because uh, the Bengals do not have that insane pass rush that we have faced the last two weeks. Hopefully, the Packers can have enough trust in their offensive line to be really able to actually allow Rodgers to turn his back to the defense and run this play-action game that made this offense so special in 2020. In 2020, the Packers ran play-action on 28.9% of their dropbacks, and Rodgers had a 97.3 PFF overall grade, which 100 is a perfect grade, so I've never seen numbers that high before. It's pretty insane, actually. But here in 2021, the amount of play action the Packers have ran is is down about 5%, and Rodgers has a 50.2 overall PFF grade on those passes. He's had zero big-time throws on those plays. He's We've missed a lot of deep balls here in 2021 after averaging one big play per game on play action last season. The biggest part about that play action is you have to trust your offensive line in front of you and with the youth and with the injuries the Packers have faced and the pass rushers the Packers have faced this season. It's been tough to run play action effectively, but if they can get back to this, this was the part of the offense that made it the best in football last season. Hopefully, the Packers can get back to some of that in this game and when the Packers drop back to pass in this game, which they really should a lot, they have to attack the secondary. The Bengals have a solid duo at safety between Jesse Bates and Von Bell, but their corners really are not very good. The best guys, Chidube, Chidube, sorry, Chidube Awuzie, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, really their best guy, but he's just played at an average level so far this season, and we, we can beat him, okay? And it's especially these other two guys that are terrible, though. Eli Apple is the worst at outside cornerback. He has a coverage grade of just 42.3 so far this season, and he should not be a starting cornerback in the NFL. And then Mike Hilton, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, is their starting slot cornerback, and he has given up 87% of the throws that have come his way this season. The Packers have to attack these two guys. Out of the slot, Randall Cobb has to have another huge game. We have to make and get easy catch after easy catch off of Hilton. He's given up so many of his percentages of his targets this year. We have to attack him. And then the Packers have to target whoever is going up against Eli Apple in this game. He's just that bad. And even their best guy is not going to come close to being able to guard Devonta Adams. If the Packers can pass protect well, we should be able to tear up this Bengals defense, which is above average at best, but not good enough to stop a top offense in the NFL. I feel like this is going to be a tough game for the Packers. Going to Cincinnati, a noon slot game, and even though the Bengals maybe aren't very talented at a lot of positions, uh, they're still an up-and-coming team, I'd say, even though they are 3-1 and at this point. They haven't played great teams. Uh, I think the Packers are going to run into problems offensively at times in this game. 
because we are hurting on our offensive line, especially if Elgin Jenkins is not ready to go for this game. I think that will hurt the Packers and can limit them offensively to continue to avoid using play action, which is what makes this offense truly special. It's going to be tough to run the football, though, against this really solid front seven for the Bengals, but I think we still will be able to attack these corners throughout this game, and I think this will be Aaron Rodgers' first 300-yard game of the season. I think he could throw for four touchdowns in this game, and I think defensively uh, it's going to be a a tough game for them, though. Uh, We're going to be without Jair Alexander. We're still without Zadari Smith, obviously, because he is on IR as well, and Actually, a fun stat that I just heard about is the Havoc stat. So this includes tackles for a loss or no gain, plus forced fumbles, plus interceptions, plus pass deflections, plus pressures divided by plays. And so kind of, are you creating Havoc? What percentage of the time are you creating Havoc? And right now, the Packers have the 31st defense in the NFL when it comes to creating Havoc. They just have not been able to have big plays defensively. They have not done anything. Yeah, they've held teams to low-scoring games, but they really haven't done much. And now without Jair Alexander in this game, I think we're going to be we're going to struggle to stop this Bengals passing attack. And this could truly come down to who has the ball last. I think this is going to be a close game. The Bengals have not really had any blowouts all season. They've been staying in games throughout the season. I think they're going to keep doing that this week and I think the Packers are going to win this one very close, 31 to 27, and sneak out of Cincinnati with a big win with many guys out with injuries and move to 4 and 1 tomorrow. So, that's all we have today folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the Green Goal because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks guys.